Welcome to the Alpha Female Podcast with me, your host, Robin Baldwin. This show is to inspire you to embrace living like an alpha female. But what is an alpha female, you may ask? An alpha female is a powerful and assertive woman. Her confidence is due to being an intelligent and intellectual problem solver. She constantly strives for a happy and healthy work-life harmony, but knows that it requires being true to your priorities and what makes you happy. She is never complacent about striving for better and always nurtures the relationships with the people in her life. So let's get started. Book winner alert. I wanted to thank Danielle Blair for leaving the lovely review in October so that you could win a copy of Love Lost, Life Found. I'm going to be completely honest. You were the only one that left a review, so you win a book. If you'd like to claim your book, just email me at robinbaldwin at gmail.com and I'll send you over a copy. You are listening to the Alpha Female Podcast, episode 45. All links and show notes can be found at robinbaldwin.com forward slash podcast. Today on the show, we're talking to Heather Waxman. Heather is devoted to supporting women to rise into fierce feminine leaders. She is an Amazon bestselling author spiritual life coach, meditation guide, and singer-songwriter. Her superpower is helping women unpack and transform their emotional plus behavioral patterns through spiritual practice, sound current, and meditation. It is Heather's heartfelt belief that when we clear up our thoughts and clean up our energy bodies of these subconscious memories and patterns, we can truly live a radiant and peaceful and prosperous life. Welcome to the show, Heather. Thank you, beautiful. So awesome to be here. So when I sent you over my definition of alpha female, what did you think of it? And how are you an alpha female? Um, well, this question was really interesting to me because when I first read it, I, to be completely honest, I, I cringed. Mm-hmm. Um, the word alpha gave me a lot of anxiety when I thought of the word alpha, I thought of the hustle, 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 work, work, work mentality. Mm -hmm. And that's one that I have really vehemently chosen to leave behind because it's one that caused me a lot of pain and a lot of of suffering, a lot of loneliness, a lot of dis-ease in my life. So, so I saw that and I was like, Oh, that's interesting. What if I just chose to change my perspective on this word? (laughs) So, (laughs) so then I, um, I turned to the Everwise Google and I typed <laughs> Alpha into Google. Um, and one of the definitions of Alpha really sat with me and it like lit me up. Every fiber of my being was like full body hell yes. And it said, um, oh, it said the first, typically the brightest star in the constellation. And I was like, Oh, I have, I actually, I have goosebumps right now. I was like, are you serious? Like, that's it. That's female. That's woman. And so to me, I I suppose, thank you for asking this question. Mm -hmm. Uh, Alpha female means a woman who is choosing to be the brightest star in in society, the brightest star in her world, uh, because the world can't go round without us. We're the brightest stars. We are alpha because we are pure creation. We create life and we keep it going, um, provided that we're connected to our instinctual nature. And that's what makes us alpha female. 
Okay, we can just like end the podcast now. <laughs> that was amazing. Um, that that's awesome because really the definition of alpha female is one that I've created because I didn't like what society was calling an alpha female and it's evolved. Like Rebecca Baruki changed my definition halfway through 2015 and was like, it's all about putting yourself first. Like you have to put yourself first to be more for others. So the definition changed then and Siobhan John, I had originally had work-life balance because that's the colloquialism and she changed it to work-life harmony last year. So I love that you are now, I'm, I'm adding this to the definition that she's the brightest star in in her constellation because that's amazing oh, chills, chills. Um, so on that note the podcast is really all about chatting with amazing alpha females who are figuring out their work-life harmony and how it looks and I originally asked the question what does you know does work-life balance actually exist and it's evolved to what does your work-life harmony look like so that we can kind of give the listeners kind of a picture into your world yeah well we were talking before the podcast and it was so cool because you were like hey um I actually asked you this question about work-life balance but I meant to ask work-life harmony it's funny because my answer was I don't really aim for balance I aim for harmony (laughs) I was like and this is why you're on the show (laughs) um so you know it's it, to me, harmony is just about honoring the ebbs and flows of my life because my work is not my life. My work is a vital part of my life. It fuels me in so many ways, but it's not my life. And so, um, you know, it's so many things, my spiritual practice, my relationships, my creativity, my connection to nature, my incessant hunger to seek the truth out of everything, uh, working out having like dance parties in my bedroom and self-pleasure and different things need my attention at different times. So rather than even building up this idea of what harmony should be, I like to tune into what harmony feels like to me on that particular day and then do that. But that being said, there are obviously like particular things that I need to do every day to keep my business running. And there are things that are sort of like, foundationally put into my schedule but also on the day-to-day harmony feels different to me uh, in different ways at different times and so I kind of just feel into that and I just trust it and I move with that. Mm. Uh, So we shared in your bio that you are in love with meditation. Do you find that when you sit in meditation that's when you can actually feel what your body wants? Yeah, totally. I mean, meditation for me can be sitting down and, you know, placing my palms up to receive. It can be walking in nature. It can be cooking. It's really just any moment in which I just take a deep, deep breath and just connect back to my breath. Because anytime I connect back to my breath, I can just kind of tune into it. Um, I think, and we all can, you know, it just takes some practice, but um, we all have that as women. Well. We've got that instinctual nature, that instinctual pattern built into us. We just have to kind of breathe into it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so that leads me into what are you most passionate about? Mm, yeah, I was, when you asked this question, I was like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Everything. <laughs> um, 
as I, as I really like sat on it though and, and felt into it, just this word devotion came to mind. Um, I'm a really, really devoted woman to um, whatever my heart is in alignment with it and at that particular time and devotion and, and showing up fully with fierce discipline and also soft grace is my favorite thing on the planet. And I really love to be around people who are devoted to their own self evolution and their own self initiation. I love just like devoting myself to whatever is calling to me during that particular season. It fuels me, you know, and right now I'm really devoted to supporting women to rise into their roles as feminine leaders and a hundred percent devoted to that first through my own practice and my own learning and second through supporting and mentoring my community and, and my doTERRA team. Mm. And I love that we're sisters in doTERRA. Me too. It's the best. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. And I like that you say through your own practice first, because it goes back to the definition of we do need to put ourselves first to feel fulfilled and hold and lit up and then we can be more for others around us whether it's community family or friends business mentors and uh, business mentees I guess yeah absolutely I couldn't agree more awesome so as you go about devoting yourself to all of these things we got to make sure that we take care of ourselves so let's get into some of your health habits what do you do on a daily basis to keep your immune system boosted Every morning I get up between 4.30 and 5.30 and I practice um, Kundalini Yoga and meditation. It is my lifeblood and it's something I am just so grateful for. Every time I think about it, I cry. Um, it has just changed my life and changed who I am, meaning it's just helped me become more of who I am unapologetically so, 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 so deeply. And so... That's sort of my anchor. It's my spiritual anchor. I wake up every morning and I do a practice. I shut the door and I go in my space and I just do my thing. Um, so that's number one. And number two to that is essential oils. So as you know, it's like you kind of like ebb and flow with your own oils. You know, different ones call to you at different times. But I run my diffuser while I practice. I run my diffuser while I'm working throughout the day. Um, I'm applying oils all day because, as you know, the immune system is just like so deeply enhanced with the oils. And as far as Kundalini Yoga goes, because you're breathing and you're moving in certain diagonals, um, which align with, you know, we're going to get real woo-woo, the planets, and, and, and really help you arrange yourself in a particular pattern. All of this works to benefit what Kundalini Yoga we call 10 of your bodies. And that includes your, your immune system and, and your nervous system and all of that, your glandular system, keeping it all balanced. So those two things are imperative. And then um, playing with my cat is really important for my immune system, I feel. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's really, I have no, no evidence of that being true. It's just sort of a feeling. Um, and working out, going out in nature, singing and playing piano pleasuring myself that could be sexually that could not be sexually but pleasure is really important to me too I love that you say that. We actually haven't had this conversation on the show yet, and I am going to say, I'm going to put this out there, that like we, 
when we're putting ourselves in the public eye and chatting on podcasts that, you know, you have no idea who's listening, we kind of hold ourselves back and we share like the most, the most shared practices. So it's like, oh, well, everyone's doing the lemon water and the greens and the healthy food. So I'm going to talk about this. But I love that you say sexual pleasure because, hi, mom. <laughs> hi, mom. Thanks for listening. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> it's something that we shy away from. And uh, there's so many, you know, articles shared that, like, your immune system is totally boosted when you orgasm. And no one really talks about that. It's like we're embarrassed to say this is such an integral part to feeling amazing. Oh, yeah, I'm not embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> Bring it on. Um, no, because it's it's a vital part of who we are as women. Actually, the sexual energy, it's, it's creative energy. They're the same energy. And we actually can't be our most creative as women if we're not connected to our sexual energy. And so and I, I, t- I teach this in my meditation experience called Your Creative Self. Um, it's a really integral part of that because... Um, it really wasn't until I started to practice sexual breath activation um, and I started to really dive into that, that the deep healing occurred because it's actually not even about sex. It's not, you know, it's about owning your voice. Like at the core of all of it is about like really fully owning your voice in all facets of your life and in all facets of who you are. Mm. And I, it's, it's literally one of my favorite topics to speak about. And it's actually a huge part of how I mentor women to own their feminine leadership is to allow their sexual energy to come forth because that's the magnet that's going to draw in whoever you need to serve, you know? Mm, I love that. And it's a really interesting kind of dichotomy as part of alpha female because your initial reaction to the word alpha was masculine energy, go, 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 do, 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 which is part of the definition because I talk about being really assertive and ambitious and going after all your goals. But then the feminine energy of being a female, of taking care of yourself and the calm and the care and reducing stress balances that out. So I even like this part of the conversation where we're talking about pleasure and being totally unapologetic about needing that to kind of balance out the energies of what an alpha female is. And you also said pleasure, like whether or not it's sexual. And I think that's so important. And I listened to the Lively show and she talks about her self-care routine as pleasure instead of the Mm. word self-care because self-care can seem like homework. And I love just using that word because pleasure elicits kind of like a light bulb in people's heads. Like, oh, pleasure. What is she doing? But it's like taking an Epsom salt bath with lavender oil is totally pleasurable and not homework in terms of self-care, but it falls in the self-care realm. So just renaming it um, and making it feel delightful uh, just allows us to kind of own all of our health habits a little bit better. Yeah, I totally agree. So you've shared your kundalini yoga practice. Is there anything else that you integrate into a fitness routine weekly? Yeah, I'm like super obsessed with working out. I love working out. I've always loved working out. Um, I was an athlete my whole life. I started playing softball at age four and I went all the way through age 18 and I was really into sports. Um, so that love for, for working out has never really left. So, um, I am that annoying person who's like really excited to hit their workout. (laughs) Um, 
but you know, it's cool. I think a lot of us are in that boat in this community. Um, but yeah, I'm a huge fan of tone it up. I love Karina and Katrina. They have been so supportive of me since I began blogging and I'm obsessed with their workouts. I love their energy. I love their hit workouts. High intensity interval training is one of my favorite things to do. Um, and so, yeah, I basically do tone it up workouts. Um, That's I'm amazing. really not obsessed. Yeah, like, like who doesn't want to have curly hair and do beach workouts every day? <laughs> They're amazing. They're incredible people too. Yeah. Um, when I was starting my blog, they invited me to. Um, I had released my meditation album, Soul Sessions, and there was one particular track on it called Body Peace. And they, for their Love Your Body series, asked me to be a guest blogger on their blog and to share uh, meditation tips. And I was able to share Body Peace with the Tone It Up community and. Obviously, they had like, you know, I mean, their their community is massive and they certainly weren't asking me to like jump on the bandwagon to like help them increase their traffic. Like they're just wonderful people mm. um, as well. So like if you don't already do their workouts, like I would suggest you check them out because they're just unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, definitely. I, um, I found them when I started my fitness journey as well. And one of my best friends and I even – Flat like copying and imitation is like the best form of flattery. We even like tried to do a YouTube show very similar to theirs called <laughs> called Mid Month Motivation. This was like in two thousand and nine, like forever ago. Wow, <laughs> um, and, and it was because their energy was so just like that amazing. We were like, okay, how can we do this for our community? It was short lived because we're like, we're not the tone it up girls. We're gonna just let them have that because they they really are amazing. I have their nutrition plans, which I think is the probably the most giving thing that they've ever done for their community because you buy into it and get every single update. And it's just like, thank you for all of these recipes. Yeah, they're so good. I, I love them too. Um, but yeah, so like depending on the week, I will work out anywhere from three to seven days per week. I just kind of listen to my body. But, um, but yeah, so I've, to be honest with you, since starting Kundalini Yoga though, it's been like the most amazing cross training for me. I am stronger than ever. I have more muscles than I ever have. The only thing I changed was incorporating Kundalini yoga and meditation. And because Kundalini yoga is so heavy on the breath work, a lot of people think it's like not physically challenging, but when you really dive into the Kriyas, they're really, really challenging and in the best way. And it's helping become so much stronger physically. Um, So yeah, that's, that's kind of what I do. That's awesome. So how do you challenge yourself fitness wise? Are you of the camp where you like, like to step it up a notch or are you in like the season of life where you're being nice to yourself? Um, well, I would say that I'm always in the season of being nice to myself and always in the season of kicking my ass. Okay. Like (laughs) if I'm going to work out, like if it doesn't kick my ass, like I'm not going to do it. I love to be challenged and Um, I have like a ton of Capricorn in my chart. So being challenged and like, uh, for lack of a better term, working hard is sort of like a non-negotiable for me. Like I, it's very natural for me to go into like a disciplined sort of state of being. So like, I love putting like a killer playlist in my earbuds and just like my Spotify playlist and like doing, um, like a tone it up hit workout or doing, uh, intervals on the treadmill or doing the Stairmaster and then 
and then doing like an arm routine or some kettlebells. Like if, if I, I love sweating, I'm just a total workout nerd. So. Oh, I love it. <laughs> you're, so you're the first because the, the guests on the show have been either like, I always challenge myself, like do more, be more, be more epic or a lot of um, the women have been in a season of life um, where they're maybe new moms and they're learning to be nicer to their bodies. So I love that you're a total dichotomy of both. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's it's interesting to see. Okay, uh, let's get into your nutrition habits. So sometimes uh, the listeners have been asking, like, give me some solid kind of um, like tips and tricks for how to nourish myself. So if you can kind of share with our audience how you keep yourself well nourished, that would be amazing. Yeah. So I, I have two um, principles that I, that work for me. This is in um, me and my, my dear friend Casey Arena wrote a book called Body Peace. And this is one of the practices that's in our book. And it's really about creating a life of vitality and a life of pleasure. So having both. So I eat for vitality and I eat for pleasure. I am not the person who is going to be like, eat 100% clean. Um, because to me, life is, is so much more than eating clean and just becoming dogmatic. Like I think so much of us, uh, so many of us in, in this community try so hard and strive so hard to just follow this dogmatic way of eating so that we can um, fit in and feel more secure within ourselves, but then it makes us feel really insecure because we actually don't know um, how our bodies want to be nourished because we don't know what vitality means to us and we don't know what pleasure means to us. Hmm. So rather than telling people what exactly I eat and potentially triggering people who have eating disorders who are listening to this, I just like to offer to anyone who's listening to maybe explore like, what foods make you feel a sense of vitality, a feeling of aliveness, and maybe what foods give you a sense of pleasure, which also can be really healthy foods because I receive uh, pleasure from very healthy foods as well. But like maybe there are some foods that you might have been avoiding that you kind of want to you want to enjoy because um, they bring you pleasure, and you should be 100% unapologetic about that, regardless of what it's doing to your. Um, digestion or your whatever you're obsessing about you know what I mean I just feel like we just go there so often um so anyways I'm off my soapbox but that's kind of what I'm feeling called to share today (laughs) no I love it and it's a message that has been kind of echoed um before is that you have to learn what your body needs and that's different for everyone and I don't think I've shared this personally on the show before but I uh, I have shared that I was a fitness competitor for many years and so I subscribed to meal planning and clean eating but as I was diagnosed with MS in 2014 and started following an elimination diet and now autoimmune paleo, I eat for vitality and vital is one of my core desired feelings based on Daniela Port's desire map planning. And so when I think about my health, I always want to feel vital. And that means, you know, energy, being awake throughout the day so that I don't hit any 3 p.m. brick walls. And I was eating things that were actually bad for my body, even though they were quote unquote clean. Like I actually can't touch quinoa or any types of legumes. Like I love my hummus. 
but chickpeas and I aren't, we're not friends. So <laughs> it became more about intuitive eating. And I absolutely love that kind of thought and really want women to kind of think about that is what does your body crave? What does it feel like? Know that you need to nourish yourself, but you know, we talk about treat meals on the shows too and having positive word associations with things instead of feeling like you're cheating on a diet, but allowing yourself things when your body wants them and being totally okay with that. Yeah, I totally agree with that. It's beautiful. Amazing. So maybe get into some of the things. What does your body crave kind of on a weekly basis? And if that changes up, just kind of give us like a snapshot into what's what's recent. Yeah, sure. So um, I, speaking of Tone It Up, I love their protein pancakes in the morning. They like rock my world and they're so easy. Um, and you, you can go to their blog. They've got the recipe for them on there. But um, so I love to have those in the morning with organic peanut butter and organic maple syrup and my coffee. Um, that's like my favorite breakfast. And it really nourishes me all throughout the morning into the afternoon. And then, I don't know, it kind of depends in the afternoon, um, but I'm really loving, um, I'll make this like scramble with two eggs and broccoli slaw and kale and nutritional yeast and hummus, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. And um, Himalayan sea salt and um, black pepper and garlic powder, and I'll just put that in a pan and I'll have um, one of those food for life, uh, gluten-free flax and chia, uh, English muffins. And that's like one of my favorite meals, especially after a workout too. It's just so nourishing. Um, and I've really been digging. I found this new pasta. What's new to me. It's called POW pasta, P O W exclamation point. And, um, it's just, uh, again, I'm sorry, quinoa flour and red <laughs> lentil flour. I'm really like really killing it for you here. Robin. <laughs> <That's okay. laughs> um, and I basically make a pasta primavera with that. And I'm so in love with that too. Um, I love it. and, um, and I try to fast for 12 hours because my body really, really loves that. So, um, I'm not like a disciplinarian about it, to be quite honest, but most nights um, I try to, you know, do the whole 12 hour fasting thing because it really works for me. And before bed, I'll have some hot lemon water with a drop of On Guard and a drop of Digestin essential oil. Mm. And that really kind of sets my, my system for the evening so I can wake up feeling really, to your point, vital and ready to just do the thing. Yeah, that's um, awesome. Yeah, and don't be sorry about things that don't work for me. My body is really <laughs> it's, it is the pickiest thing ever. But I I love that nutrition can be such a science experiment if you have the patience to really track how your body reacts. And I I think a big thing that I try to echo over and over again is it's so important to listen to how our bodies feel after we eat. And so many people ignore symptoms like bloating or gas. Um, and mm -hmm. I love that you have digestend. I. My friend came over, she's gluten-free, but decided to have Indian and loves non bread, which is totally my go-to kind of treat meal. Yeah. Yeah. And she was like, I'm so bloated. I'm like, two drops of digestin on your tummy now. <laughs> so good. It's, yeah. it's a cure-all. It really is. It's unbelievable. Yeah. So um, I'm all for treating yourself, but knowing how to support yourself when you need to reset as well. 
Okay, so this, I'm excited to ask you this one because I feel like you know how to handle this. So when you've built up stress during the day, how do you wind down at night and relax? Well, okay, so in the past, what would happen, like, you know, years ago would, like, I would build up stress throughout the day and I would ignore it. And I think, like, a lot of us feel these signs throughout the day um, and we feel it through that loss of energy that you were referring to earlier. Because, like, as you know, it doesn't matter if our nutrition's on point. Like, if we have a negative thought that pops into our mind or something that's, like, particularly strong, self-sabotage, limiting belief, it zaps 30% of our energy just like that. And we all feel that. And so a lot of the reason why we crash in the middle of the day isn't just nutrition. It's also the thoughts that we're thinking because we're just not taught to be, to pay, pay attention to them. So for me, it's, it's, yes, it's nutrition, but it's also um, just committing to be aware of my thoughts. And so if I have a thought throughout the day and sometimes, you know, it's a particularly busy day and I'm not able to attend to it and that's okay. Um, but for the most part, I like to take a pause and to just explore that because, um, because it's really true. It really robs your energy. You know what I mean? So like um, throughout the day, what I like to do is um, it's it's a practice. It's a Kundalini practice. It's called Ego Eradicator using breath of fire, the breath of fire technique. And if anyone wants um, wants that, we can give them a link to it if you want so they can access the video to practice it. But you can really do it anywhere. So if I'm having a moment throughout the day, I like to kind of catch it in the moment, do some breath of fire, um, really listen into that that thought, that belief, and challenge it because it's usually not true. And tell myself a new story, and then kind of move on. So then, by the end of the day, I'm actually not cooped and exhausted. I'm actually quite energized. But that being said, um, I don't really have a consistent evening routine. I'd love to give you something like esoteric and spiritual that I do, but I don't. <laughs> um, it often involves Chelsea Handler or House Hunters or both. <laughs> because I'm a woman who likes her TV too. Shocker. Shocker. Oh my God. Blu-ray before bed. How dare I? Um, so I really enjoy some TV at night. Um, and so, yeah, anything like home decor, real estate, I am like so obsessed with. So I love to watch like anything HGTV basically at night yeah. just to kind of like shut my brain off because I'm so in my brain and in my intuition all day. Um, and so it's nice to just kind of zone it out a little bit. I think that's really healthy and important. Um, but right before bed, I put on my diffuser, I'll rub some lavender on the bottoms of my feet and I'll dive into like whatever book I'm reading. Mm, I love that again you're unapologetic about watching TV and there's so many alpha females that have been like I love curling up on the couch with my hubby watching TV I'm like like go girl do what you want (laughs) Um, and I also laugh about the whole blu-rays because I was listening to a podcast yesterday about sleep and autoimmune disease and I came home I came home to my boyfriend I was like I'm buying us blue light glasses and he's like I'm not wearing it I'm like I'm buying them for your like I'm getting them for us (laughs) he's like 
babe, do what you want, but I'm not going to wear them. I was like, fine, fine. I won't impose all of my health habits on you. Right. Yeah, just be it. We can't, we can't make our men do anything. <laughs> Um, I'm like, I've I'll just change. I'm fine. I'm just going to change out all the light bulbs in the house so there's no blue light at all. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I joke, but like, yeah, we have to do what feels right uh, as well as support ourselves. So it's a it's a harmonious practice of finding. It's it's about. I'm going to use the word balance because it's a balance. <laughs> okay, this one's always an interesting question for my guests. I love asking them. What are pain points of being an alpha female that you have to problem solve for? Well, one that I've been, okay, so ever since I joined doTERRA and I've been supporting and mentoring the women who are uh, building with me, I've noticed one particular um, pain point behavioral pattern that all eight of them have been doing. And it has been so interesting to see because um, it's something I used to do. And, you know, that's what we're, as feminine leaders, we're called to help people move through what once pained us. And, and, and once we kind of master that, it's such a beautiful gift that we're able, we're able to serve them that way. And so for the women who are building with me, isolation has been massive. Hmm. Um, what I mean by that is when... Uh, something particularly confronting or triggering uh, causes the women to go into some form of self-sabotage, which my teacher calls your lowest common denominator. That lowest common denominator for them, that self-sabotage for them, manifests as isolating themselves, as shutting themselves off from other people. Meanwhile, like a massive reason that they joined our team, which is called Fierce Feminine Leadership. The reason that they joined our team <laughs> was in part to be part of sisterhood and connection. And so it's so clearly self-sabotage. And so um, a big pain point that I've been supporting women with as of late has been that is instead of isolating yourself and going into pity and victimhood and victimizing yourself and further self-sabotaging, can you notice that you're doing the thing and can you share with your sisters in this sacred space since you need the support share it's so huge for us as women is share with one another so we can hold space for you and your healing mm. and um and so that's been like a really interesting and very deep one that we've been navigating together with our team and it's so gratifying to watch them um, and just to be holding space for them as they continually take themselves vastly out of their comfort zones and stop isolating just mm -hmm. like everything expands you know yeah it's weird how we do that so I published my book love lost by found this year and when I called off my wedding in 2012 I did the same thing all I thought in my head I made up the stories was that everyone was going to think I was a failure. So I was filled with feelings of shame, of grief, of embarrassment, whereas so many people just wanted to support me and hold space for me as I healed and processed the grief. And I'm doing that now whenever someone reaches out to me and has found the book or listened to me share my story on podcasts. 
and just allowing them to tell their story because they've now been able to open up and they've been able to, you know, share something that has been kept so isolated and hidden because we don't talk about failure in our society. Uh, we don't talk about we don't talk about pain points that often because, you know, we only we we share so many positive things in our perfect social media worlds that it's really hard to be like. I'm, I'm, you know, I hosted a class for doTERRA last night and one person showed up. <laughs> like, right, uh, we, right. We, don't, we don't post those pictures on social media. We post the pictures where, you know, we've got a class of like 20 people. So it's, a, it's an interesting world of network marketing to be in. And I love that you're holding space for your team to just be like, it's okay. Just keep like, just keep showing up. Just keep, just keep showing up. Yeah, totally. And I love that you say that because as, as part of being like a feminine leader is also about like, it's about owning that completely and fully because, um, and that's something I try to do on social media all the time. And I think I do a pretty good job of it is being completely transparent and vulnerable about what I'm going through. Um, and, you know, I just shared with my team last night on our call that um, when I went to doTERRA convention on the way home, I had like a really deep, deep, profound healing occur on the plane. Like, fuck my life. I was in like the middle seat. And so like I'm watching this movie on the plane. It's called uh, Hello, My Name is Doris. I don't know if you have seen it or not, no. but it's like so magnificent. Sally Field and um, Max Greenfield. And um, it's so brilliant. But like, uh, her character just, um, it was full moon equinox and it was, God was really nice. God was like, you're going to have a kick-ass time of convention, but just wait when you get on the plane, like shit's going to hit the fan. And it did, but it was really beautiful. I had this really profound healing and, um, it really wasn't complete until I went back to my, my sisters in doTERRA, my upline and, and one of my, my close friends in doTERRA and shared with them. I was able to cry it out and I was able to journal it out and then share with them. And then I had this breakthrough and it was really, really powerful and beautiful. And I shared that with my team yesterday. And the thing is that we need to share that with our, our teams and, and our communities because they need to see that because even if they know you're human, because you're their leader, there's, there's still this illusion of separation sometime. And as much as possible, it's so important that we remove that veil of separation and just bring it back to, to the community and the sisterhood and back to like, Yes, I am a freaking powerful leader and I'm a human who's still learning, healing and growing and both of them are perfect and that makes you powerful, you know? Mm. Uh, let's talk crying for a second. Uh, can you share with me, like, you, what are your thoughts on crying? Like the first thing that comes to mind. Cleansing? Yeah. To me, crying is literally like... It's, it's old emotional behavioral patterns literally being purged from your body. When we like prevent ourselves from crying, it's like you're literally stuffing the emotional and behavioral pattern that's been stuck. You're just, you're stuffing it back in there and you're going to keep hitting a glass ceiling unless you allow it to come forth. Yeah. I think that is such a valid conversation and I've tried to have the the sentiment and share a few times that like we need to stop being embarrassed about crying because for years I was of the mentality like hold it in it's weakness don't let people see you cry 
because I've worked in such a, a stiff corporate world. So like if something upsets me, I'd run to the bathroom. No one would see me cry. When I called off my wedding, I would sit at my computer <laughs> during the day and like slowly wipe the tears away and like hope no one would see me. And so I was really stuffing in all of this emotion. And I read the book, When the Body Says No, and the majority of MS patients are really bad at processing their emotions. I was like, oh, oh okay. Uh, <laughs> I, was, yeah, I was like, that makes sense. <laughs> um, so I find it fascinating like with psychological effects of autoimmune disease, and I'm a, a big believer in just understanding them so that you can address them and um, pr properly work through things so that your body doesn't um, process stress improperly. And um, my boyfriend and I have had this conversation. He's like, I get so upset when you cry because I don't know how to fix you. And I was like, well, that's such old school way of thinking. Like, I'm not broken. I am processing years and years of pain. And pain points come up for me or hurt buttons. And I need to work through them. And I, need, I never let myself cry way back when. So I'm allowing myself to do it now so that I get rid of these feelings and they, they aren't present. And it's becoming an easier process when something comes up. He like he makes me talk. He makes sure I don't hold it inside. Um, the crying is still probably a little upsetting to him. As a male, he wants to comfort and you know fix everything. Right. Right. Um, and I'm just like you got gotta let gotta let the tears happen. Like just let it happen. So it's such a learning process even to this date on how I'm processing my hurt. So thank you so much for sharing that. Um, yeah, that's something my boyfriend and I have worked through as well. We have this mantra, be the soil, hmm. like be the soil for me to grow, mm. like just be the soil, be the support system. There's no codependent fixing that needs to happen. We are strong enough on our own and we need each other as like invisible support systems. And so if I can hold the intention of being the soil for you to grow and evolve, and if that involves crying, it, it may hurt my heart to see you upset, but I'm going to remove my own personal agenda from that. Sometimes that can be our own codependent desire to fix, right? Um, if, I can, if I can remove my own personal agenda to fix you and I can just show up for you and hold space for you, be the soil for you, then you can have that, that, evolution in that moment that you need and then we can walk more harmoniously through this life together mm. that's what I've learned through my own <laughs> severe codependent addiction recovery <laughs> oh I love it oh yeah oh it's perfect be the soil for me to grow I am making an Instagram post about that <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that shit yeah <laughs> All right, my favorite question of the podcast because it is different for everyone and it is so enlightening um, into your wonderful soul. So what is your definition of happiness? Saying yes, ditching dogma, self-permission, joy. I love it. Thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing space with all of the alpha female listeners. Thank you so much for having me. It's been so fun, Robin. I appreciate you. Thank you for everything that you're doing. 
For the listeners of the Alpha Female Podcast, Audible is now offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial so you can check out their service. There's some amazing books like You Are a Badass by Jen Sincero or The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com forward slash alpha. Again, that's audibletrial.com forward slash alpha for your free audiobook. Thank you for listening to the Alpha Female Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show. And I would love you to eternity and back if you would be so kind to open your podcast app of choice and leave me a rating and review. You can find more of me at robinbaldwin.com. That's Robin with a Y, B-A-L-D-W-I-N. And join us next week for another inspiring chat. I hope you have a spectacular day.